Hello listeners, I am Anthony Price, the host of the Blockchain Breakdown podcast, where we dive deep into the cryptocurrency and blockchain industries, specifically the innovative companies driving the blockchain revolution. Today is the second in a six-part series where we interview the managers and founders of The Lending Coin. The Lending Coin is a Boise, Idaho-based blockchain-enabled real estate lending platform. Basically, their business plan is to act as a private lender to refinance commercial real estate buildings at subprime rates, basically beating out all the competing banks and other private lenders. All of the transactions are stored on the blockchain for anyone to see and no one to tamper with, and all of the monthly payments are a fixed number of US dollars, yet must be converted into the TLC to satisfy their debt obligation. Basically, the principle behind that is to guarantee demand and put some kind of physical asset backing the value of the currency. So it's almost like a positive feedback loop where the refinancers are saving money and they're in turn increasing the value of the cryptocurrency, the securitized token TLC for the holders of the token. So today we have Rich Want, the chief product developer of LendingCoin. Rich has spent over 20 years in the U.S. Air Force and has over 20 years experience in management. He's an award-winning expert quality consultant and instructor, program, and project manager. He has a degree in both electronics engineering and business management. So without further introduction, I give you the second episode of the Blockchain Breakdown Podcast. We're here with Rich Want, the chief product developer of the lending coin how's it going today rich i'm doing great and it's great to talk to you thanks awesome no problem can you tell us just a little bit about your background so i spent uh, 24 years in the air force uh, was highly decorated long career and was in during vietnam and desert shield desert storm both wow. in the air force i spent time as a programmer a senior personnel manager programming project manager and a quality consultant. And I spent 20 years at Hewlett Packard in product development, marketing, technical marketing, and, and engineering. Um, and for the last year, I've been the vice president of Computer Central. Wow. That's awesome. Very diverse background. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about your history dealing with crypto and the blockchain? So for the last year or so, so since I've been here in the Computer Central, I've been involved with lending coin and we have the only bitcoin atm in the state of idaho so i've been very involved with cryptocurrency and have been on a crash course to learn a lot about it pretty quick because we have a lot of customers who need to understand what's happening so uh, i have in that vein learned a lot about it and of course uh, my my time working with the lending coin i've become very involved in in cryptocurrency with a programming background i've gotten involved in programming on the blockchain and helping our contract and helping to design it. Absolutely. We have a lot of very talented programmers, but it takes a big team and a lot of work to, to get right. that all put together. That's right. In general, how do you feel right now about the crypto market? So I think it's really interesting right now. Of course, cryptocurrency, everybody hears about Bitcoin, everybody knows about Bitcoin, but there are somewhere in excess of 1,600 cryptocurrencies right now and growing. So I don't even know for sure how many there are right now, but it's a growing world. And it's, you know, we're so in the infancy of, of the entire cryptocurrency space.
that it's it's just really exciting to see such a huge technology developing area. It's like I say, it's just really exciting, particularly for somebody involved in technology. And then of course, being involved with the lending coin, it just compounds that that excitement. It's it, it's just it's really an exciting space. Absolutely, it it definitely seems to be a very much immature market, and I'm excited to see where it goes. But everyone knows about cryptocurrency, but what are the main obstacles right now with bringing crypto into the mainstream? That's probably a, a really good question. A lot of people are interested in in the answers to that. I expect. So I would say, I think from my perspective, it's probably a threefold answer. And the first is, I think, skepticism and, and resistance. So there's, there are a lot of people out there, because this is so new, um, they're skeptical of it. And, and they hear a lot of very famous people who have a lot of money who say good and bad about cryptocurrency. So it just creates, like I say, skepticism. And then, of course, there's a lot of resistance. So people who feel like it may infringe on their life going forward, some, you know, some in the financial world and the banking industries, a lot of people in, in investment worlds are, are a little bit worried, a little bit resistant to the whole cryptocurrency space. I would say second from the people I talk to is probably fear of the unknown because this is such a new, exciting technological space. There are just a lot of people who didn't really get the cell phone right off or, you know, didn't get computers right off, whatever it may be. Kind of in that vein, there's a, there's a definite fear of the unknown. And then I would say probably the last one is if you look at some of the cryptocurrency space and one of or some of the, the, the areas and how they perform, there's a lot of volatility. There's a lot of up and down. And so because of that, it isn't it isn't mature enough for that volatility to have kind of settled. It's very responsive to just so many market factors. People somewhere can say something or do something or pass a law in New Guinea, and it can affect the, the whole behavior of cryptocurrencies everywhere else in the world. So I think those are probably the areas that that most affect that. Yeah, absolutely. That's a that's a great answer. And you know, a lot of people are still very skeptical about cryptocurrency, and they don't even understand my next question, which is, how does someone get a return from cryptocurrency investments? They're really, it's kind of a two part answer. The first would be short term, and the second would be long term. The people who you've heard about on the radio and the news who just have made a horrific amount of money, say on Bitcoin or one of the other cryptocurrencies, that's uh, a short-term gain. It's being at the right place at the right time. You just stumble on a very low value, you buy a bunch of it, it skyrockets it, and you become a millionaire. So that short-term really, you know, taking a big risk, that's kind of one side to that. The other is kind of a longer term, so people that buy in with an expectation that they're going to hold this for a long time and it will grow over time, it will also be volatile. It will go up and down. So if you have nerves of jello, this may not be the place for you to be involved. If you're <laughs> a little bit tougher and you probably it's best to not watch it 
just just walk away and let it do its thing. And over time, if you're in a sound investment, they're going to grow. So now from a, a lending coin perspective, um, we really have uh, an exciting situation and a really exciting opportunity that we have designed. We have a great team, really, really, uh, we have over 200 years of experience in, in multiple areas in engineering and technology and, and real estate and finance. And this team has just done an amazing job of putting together just a miraculous company. And, and I really think we're going to see amazing things here. In that vein, an investment in the lending coin, first of all, because our business practices are so sound and so well designed to grow the business, we're refinancing low risk, high value, really good loans at extremely preferential rates. And, and this makes a, a really strong, uh, very successful company. So in that vein, we absolutely expect the company to grow very well. The other side of this is this is a security token. So the other half of this, your slice of the company is tokenized and that token will re react to market values and market behaviors, just like all the other tokens out there. So again, the way we've designed this, we really expect the tokens to have a constant demand that creates an ever, ever increasing growth in the value of the token. So this is two different sides to that coin. You're gonna see growth from a company perspective. You're gonna see growth from a token perspective. Each of those are gonna drive the other side to become more valuable. So we really hope and, and expect that we're gonna see really good growth in that, in that way. Absolutely, absolutely. That's very exciting. and. Looking at your business model, it truly looks like a positive feedback loop where the refinancers are benefiting from low interest rates and in turn they're guaranteeing the demand every single month for those that hold on to the tokens. So it's awesome to see both sides benefiting and it seems to be rare when you get a win-win, but when you take out the middleman in a process that could be more efficient. That's where you find those kind of situations and you guys seem to have found your niche. But you mentioned security tokens in in your last answer and I would just maybe like a little bit more elaboration on what exactly a security token is. What makes it different than just a normal coin? Or So uh, another really good question and you're absolutely right because of the, the youth, the infancy of this entire world that we're in. Um, so many things have happened. There, there have been just so many cryptocurrencies sprung up. You know, when the when all of the excitement really kind of started to go around Bitcoin, it really drove this huge surge of people feeling like I can jump in and just make a million dollars and get out. And unfortunately for so many of those, they were not well structured. They didn't have a competent or a qualified or a you know, an experienced team. They didn't really know what they were doing or they didn't care. They were just in it for the money. They went out through their ICO, their initial coin offering out there, got a bunch of money and went away. And so those, those investors certainly suffered because of that. The government, of course, is going to get involved when you have this kind of a situation and look to implement things that will protect the consumer from those problems. So just like 
the same thing that was seen in the stocks and bonds years ago. This is kind of, you know, a recurrence of that. So again, this, the Securities and Exchange Commission have moved to really try to figure out how's the best way to put safeguards in place to protect consumers. So that's where the security token came from. And, and so really, when you buy, for instance, the, in the lending coin, when you buy into the lending coin, you make an investment, you're buying a piece of the company, you're, you're becoming a shareholder, and that is tokenized. So rather than what used to be in the earlier part of this year, when we saw a lot of initial coin offerings that just had no background, no basis, no anything, they were just somebody's idea, get money, leave, and there's no no course for you to take, you just lost. It, well, in this case, we are a security. We are doing everything that we need to do to comply with all the Security and Exchange Commission requirements and be there for our investors and treat them right and be good stewards of their investment and make sure that we grow as a company. We're not a fly by night. We're not one of those pop up and pop. We're here for the long run and we expect to be very successful in the long run. Absolutely. That's awesome. So as a securitized token, you are registered with the SEC, right? So we have done a lot with the SEC and we have implemented several different offerings in compliance with SEC regulations. Awesome. And and I see just looking at your lending paper, it looks like you've already got your D and your S regulations and are aiming to get your A plus license. So if you could just explain exactly what those are. So of course, like I said, it's extremely complex. It's just mountains of regulation that the Securities and Exchange Commission has. And it, and it takes a lot of people a lot of time to wade through all that, understand all the implications. But in an effort to try to simplify that, and I won't claim that I can do that well, the DNES are, are regulations under Rule 506, and, and they establish exemptions to full-blown registration as if you were a full-blown security. What it does is allow smaller companies to get in and, and create the opportunity for investments for smaller investors and, again, for smaller companies. Those regulations and those rules really implement restrictions like uh, number of investors and, and how much money can be invested and raised by the company, whether or not it, it has to be a, an accredited investor, how much you have to look into their background, things like that. The A-plus, on the other hand, is it came into existence several years ago as part of the JOBS Act, and it was really focused and intended, again, to get not only smaller companies and smaller investors, but also just public investors. So not accredited, but kind of anybody, um, and give them an opportunity to be invested in something like the big guys do. So that's really what those regulations are. Like I said, that's a very stripped-down version, but it's really protective restrictions and are mainly on us, on the company. The C and D and S regulations, we've already submitted those and we're in the process of getting our A-plus offering completed and, and get it submitted and we're looking forward to moving into that into that offering. That's right. Absolutely. That seems like a big deal because I would 
imagine that most civilians are not accredited investors and would not be able to invest only under the regulations DNS. So we're really looking forward to the A plus to get accepted. Is there, you know, an anticipated timeline uh, for the Reg A plus to get passed? So this is an interesting one, of course. Uh, it's dealing with government agencies and government regulation. We have been working on it for a long time, and we're really kind of in uncharted waters. We're so early, there just are not many who are going through the process of uh, submitting an uh, offering under A-plus yet in the cryptocurrency space. So we're certainly one of the first. We may be the first, but, but we may not be the first. There might be somebody else doing the same thing we are somewhere else, and we don't know about it. But certainly when these offerings begin to arrive at the SEC, it's going to be the same thing for them. It's new, uncharted water. They have to evaluate our package, which is pretty large and complex, goes into a lot of detail. So they have to evaluate all of that. It's going to take them time, and I don't know how long it will take them. They don't know how long it's going to take them. It could be weeks or months, and as they go through it, there are likely to be things that they will find in our, in our package that they need more info. So they will come back probably and say, we need some clarification on this point and this point. We will prepare that, send it back to them. That, that could happen, you know, a, a couple of few times. We, again, we really don't know what to expect in an absolute sense, but we can expect that that will happen some back and forth, and then it will end in a qualification for our exemption for the A-plus offering, and we will be very excited at that point. We're already thrilled. We have financed our first property. We have our first payment back on our first property, so we are moving forward, and we're just we're thrilled every day. Yeah, absolutely. That is so exciting. Just the momentum that you've already picked up having one property already refinanced and already getting your payments and being able to view them using Etherscan. That's super, super exciting. And the A plus is, is going to be the next big step so that basically any public investor is going to be able to invest. So where will people be able to buy the security once it's passed? So certainly in the beginning, it's going to be directly through the lending coin on our website or, or through people on the team. We have relationships that we're in the process of building with several different entities to develop a good, strong relationship and the capability to work with them as certified exchanges in the cryptocurrency space. We expect or we hope that all of this is going to just momentously collide at the right moment as we get our approval from the SEC, we will get approvals with several of the exchange entities out there that are working towards their approvals as well, so that we can then trade these on the exchanges that are allowed with the, again, with the right regulation submissions and in the cryptocurrency space. That is really exciting. And I am so looking forward to seeing such a bold, and forward-thinking idea make its mark on the future. So, Rich, good luck, and thank you for your time. Oh, and thank you so much. We really appreciate it. We're really excited. We're looking forward to moving forward in this space that nobody's ever been in before, really. And like I said, we've been extremely successful up to this point. We're seeing a lot of things happen, and it's just, we are just every day so blessed and excited to go forward. I just want to thank everyone for tuning in to the Blockchain Breakdown podcast. That was Rich Want, 
the chief product developer of the lending coin. To get more information on the lending coin, you can go to thelendingcoin.com. I recommend doing so and looking for the lending paper where you basically get all the information you could possibly need on the business and business model. So next week we will be back interviewing another one of the founders of the lending coin and covering a little bit more of the commercial real estate side and seeing their progress with the new refinances that they've made and payments that they're already receiving. So for the Blockchain Breakdown Podcast, this is Anthony Price. We will see you next week.